1: Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that starts...
2: And I'm Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going to think that their podcast skipped over you saying, it's your boy Ethan. Do you want to go with that? Is that what we're going with? I don't know what
1: we're going with. Give me one more more try and then then we'll do it again.
2: (laughs) The only podcast that starts... (laughs)
1: Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast on NBC's Thursday night must see TV. It's your boy Ethan, <laughs> and I'm Patrick. There we go. That fits right in. Yeah, it's good. It fits in. That's good. That
2: in. That that's a good. Cultural, <laughs> cultural
1: reference that those over the age of must thirty will TV. get. Must see TV. It used to be. I just finished my second Postman book, so I've got the must see TV on the brain. Disappearance, which which one was it? Disappearance of Childhood.
2: Oh, I haven't read that one.
1: It's it's much more obviously anti-Catholic than his other books. I feel like.
2: Oh, is he very anti-Catholic? I don't know if
1: he's anti-Catholic, but I think he is not pro-Catholic. Just Mm because it's also probably because I read the or listened to the "How the Catholic Church Built Western Civilization" back to back with uh, "Disappearance of Childhood," and so Ah, everything he was saying about the Catholic Church in the Middle Mm -hmm. Ages. I was just like, that's wrong, that's incorrect, that's wrong, that's a common oh, misconception. Oh, yeah, 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 you know? yeah, that's right. Basically he does, just talking yeah. about how the the glorious Protestant printing press brought literacy to everyone, and the Catholic Church chose to maintain an image-based society because it was easier to keep the masses subdued.
2: Oh, and, 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 and so that, he's saying yeah. that we were the proto-television?
1: Not necessarily, just saying that there was that was the divergence between the Catholic and Protestant when it comes to written print-based culture and image-based culture. Um, and you can see the results in that based in, you know, it, he just would throw things out hey, there like hey, in hey, order Neil? to in order to subdue people, in order to subjugate people, in order
2: to keep hey, people Neil. quiet. Hey, you Neil. Know? Hey, Neil. You know why? You know why an image based culture makes more sense? Because everybody can see and not everybody can read. <laughs> <laughs> You elitist piece of crap. Come on, man. Neil. (laughs) Guess what? Guess what? The Catholic Church is not just for the literate West. It's also for people who are dying on the streets of Calcutta. Okay? (laughs) It's for everyone. (laughs) Gosh, man, even the good academics suck.
1: Yeah. One day <laughs> one day Neil Postman develops cataracts and goes, huh, maybe I should rethink this whole thing. Oh,
2: huh, maybe I should be an image-based culture instead. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that's funny because I think I think the prevalence of the internet is more similar to the printing press than it is to the Catholic Church.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
2: And he he is he's he's super anti he would be super anti social media. Oh, and, Absolutely. And the printing press the printing press people don't talk about this, but <laughs> People were radicalized by the printing press. Yeah. Like the 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 stupid ideas from centuries prior. Mm-hmm. Like uh, what's that thing where people thought that your skull shape determined your intelligence? There's uh, like a specific scientific term uh, for it.
1: Oh, I don't know the name.
2: Anyway, there were a lot of like really racist ideas that were disseminated because the printing press made it so cheap and easy to disseminate racist ideas. Yeah. Or even and, like, just and bad ideas. Just general. bad ideas in yeah. general. I mean, the, the the ones that kind of stick with us are the ones that ended up being raised. But yeah, exactly. Like bad ideas and like insurgency that was not the American Revolution, but was also the American Revolution and stuff like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like we we like to think of the printing press as this like glorious revolution, this bloodless revolution where where we you know, we we've we got we got the the, the Catholic Church was holding the secret knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know what that you know what that sounds a lot like the Gnostics. And you know what the Catholic Church definitely wasn't? Gnostic. Gnostic. <laughs> yes. The Gnostics were the ones that held, quote-unquote, secret knowledge from the people. And characterizing the the Catholic Church of the Middle Ages in that light is very dishonest. It's very dishonest. It really
1: is. And it I'm, especially with all that stuff that's in that book, how the Catholic Church built Western civilization, everything that the monasteries did to preserve language and cultures even that weren't even necessarily Christian like just any manuscript that they had that they could preserve Mm -hmm. they preserved and all of the technological advances that they made they invented the blast furnace can you imagine monks just like inventing a blast furnace it's just Mm -hmm. kind of funny um there's just lots and lots of things that monasteries did beer (laughs) like (laughs) beer you're welcome (laughs) and and they wrote all of that down and they passed it down and the agriculture in the communities where monasteries were was much stronger than communities that didn't mm-hmm. have monasteries because they mm-hmm. brought all of their knowledge about irrigation and all these things. And so it's just it's nuts to me that he's like they they yeah. were trying to they were trying to to subjugate the population and con- control them. And it's like, no, actually, this just like there were a few people who could read and a lot of them were clergy. And so it was more advantageous for the clergy to just teach to the people how to farm than teach them how to read. You know, like
2: <laughs> yeah, because like you know what? Because you know what you have to do to live, Eat. farm. Oh, you know what you don't have to do to live, read, read books. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. But no, it, it is it is very interesting because of because the because Protestantism has no memory past the printing press. Yeah. Protestantism is a literate religion you have to be able to read because protestantism has no history past the printing press because there's no, there, there's, exactly. no of the book. there's no authority outside
1: of the book it's no authority outside the book you yeah. need
2: to be able to read your bible mm-hmm. like the mark of a good christian in a protestant's eyes is someone who reads the bible yeah but what about someone who doesn't read what about
1: someone who doesn't what have the mental capacity to read
2: or the time or the time you know and it's it's or like eyes. even or eyes you know <laughs> it even even in the sense of like not even just they can't read, but it's like they're just, they could read, but they can't read scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they just don't have the, they just don't have the, the capacity. Like someone who's, who's, you know, neurodivergent, who's mentally impaired and can't read scripture, but can read like a McDonald's menu. You know, like yeah. there's, there's so much, there's so many problems. With with centering your your worldview around the need to read, like the need for speed, but yeah, I won't. I won't. Postman's not a theologian, so no, he's you just can't, a media critic. So yeah, I'll forgive him for his yeah. is his, his, yeah.
1: Everything else besides that in that book, disappearance of childhood, is really good. He's very smart. Well, he's just smart. everything because I thought it was really really interesting that before the 16th century, childhood wasn't really a societal state. And then after the 16th century, his whole argument is that when print culture came about, adults could read and kids could not read. Therefore, adults knew stuff that kids didn't know. Whereas before, kids and adults all basically knew the same stuff. And so there was no real (laughs) delineation between the two. But then when you have books and there's an ability to read, there is a a difference. And like childhood kind of peaked between 1850 and 1950 as far as a childhood culture. And then his argument is that television he's er erasing that uh, that distinction again. Um, And he doesn't necessarily say whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but he does cite a bunch of statistics about how more kids are like going to jail and like raping people and stuff. And it's like, and how there's higher rates of child abuse and higher rates of divorce. Mm -hmm. Because if you just see kids as just little adults rather than as children, then you're going to treat them like adults and they're going to act like adults. And so, it's, it was very very fascinating. Very fascinating. Um That is cool.
2: Yeah. But Interesting I Interesting point.
1: I don't want to talk about Postman. I want to talk about No Al Roker. <laughs> the other most I, influential speaking of television. Speaking of speaking of the most influential media psychologists and, and the
2: most influential and the most medium controversial figure.
1: Medium controversial figure for now, Al Roker. For now, Al Roker. Uh Patrick and I were discussing
2: He didn't know what Matt Lauer was up to. He no, was just chilling. Uh, Yes. <laughs> they all
1: they all went to the olympics together
2: <laughs> gross so <laughs> um he did stuff at the olympics that was what you were referencing
1: who matt lauer yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, where a lot yeah, of okay. this stuff happened. And I was like, yeah. Al Roker was there, but maybe Al Roker was just having a great time at the Olympics. Just maybe Al Roker
2: was like, heck yeah, Sochi 20 whatever. I don't know. Was that the one? Was it might, that have, been, it might Beijing? have been Sochi.
1: Well, they've been to lots of Olympics. They've been on air. Ah. Where They used to have a show called Where in the World is Matt Lauer? Really? And he would just go.
2: to Around the world?
1: Oh, yes. Wow. Uh, so
2: Possibly the worst of the three to have do that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I was I was reflecting on the the night the late night show, yeah, and how it's basically the same as the morning show, just with more swearing <laughs> and it's and more impressions of Donald Trump, right? Which is how we got onto I yeah, know. Unless you're we,
2: Fox and Friends, in which case there are more actual appearances of appearances Donald, Trump, of than, Donald yeah. Trump rather than
1: impressions. But it's just interesting how the American television day is bookended with the same kind of. <laughs> news yeah. and information it's just in the morning it's like good morning get your coffee i'm going to sell you something i'm i'm kathy lee hodges and i'm going to sell you something that someone paid a bunch of money to be on uh-huh. our morning show for and i'm going to make some very passive aggressive liberal remarks about the society writ large and uh-huh. then and and here's i roker with the weather and then you go to the evening time and it's stephen colbert doing the same thing <laughs> just with, like you said, more impressions and less weather. It's just, it's fascinating. Because yeah. you don't need to know the weather anymore. Cause it's no, because nice. it's the end of the day, and nobody cares what the weather is at nighttime. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you ever
1: notice that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no one ever cares about that. No one ever. No one ever. You, you ever think about the weather at night? No, you don't. Because you're no. selfish.
1: <laughs> you never. <laughs> you never see dads walking out into the driveway at two a.m. looking up at the sky, going, Ugh. "Huh?
2: Huh?
1: It's a oh. southeasterly wind."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I was. I wouldn't. I wanted to. I wanted to keep talking about that because I think, um, in terms of television, those are both very dated formats. Of they television. are. They are. And the only reason we keep doing them is because we've always done them. We've and been the doing only them. reason why people watch them is because people have always watched it. You know. I mean, yeah. the only time I've ever watched a morning show is when I'm getting hotel breakfast. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the only time I ever peeped a morning show in my life or when I'm at the when I'm at the mechanic in the morning, you know, and trying to do trying to to read a book. Mm -hmm. You know, there's they they have the they have the TV on blasting whatever's going on. It's so loud in the mechanic. It's so loud.
1: Because the old people that take their cars into the mechanic, all they want is MSNBC.
2: It's literally garbage. I, I don't I don't understand why people watch it. It's it's bad. No, me neither. Do you? Do you know anyone who watches morning shows? My N- parents don't watch morning shows. No, I don't know anyone that watches morning shows. Do you know? Do you know how expensive it is to watch a morning show? <laughs> how do you mean? In terms of what? <laughs> do, Labor costs? The fact that you no. In terms of the fact that you have to to pay pay for cable every week.
1: That's true. You pay every
2: month. Every month. You know? Yeah. Like you could the 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 podcasts that I listen to are free and they're <clears throat> much more entertaining and informational. It's true. But you got to pay like 120 bucks a month for cable uh and that's like an hour of your day so like 30 hours of your day 30 hours out of your month that's a lot of money it's ex- very expensive to to watch morning shows yeah
1: and then the alternative is 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 just not watching the morning yeah. show and, and you not get to paying start your, for cable and you get to start your day you just get to start your day
2: once once the baby boomers all die there's going to be no more cable. Like, I've that's really, why they're all getting streaming shows. I've really streaming thought about channels.
1: this. Like, there's got to be – I just I don't think that that's going to happen.
2: You don't think so? Well,
1: I think eventually broadcast television is going to completely die. But what's what's the cutoff? Because I look around and I see people, and it's hard because there's, like, obviously the 80-year-olds. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, when they die, like, the their their kids aren't probably watching TV, you know? Or maybe they are. Like my parents watch TV. and My grandparents are eighty, so it's I don't know. Like, yeah. And my parents are maybe in their 50s. maybe our parents.
2: It, you know, you know what it is? It's like once you once there's enough people who make a certain amount of money that like 120 bucks actually isn't that much for them. Yeah, they're like, I might as well keep it. What yeah. if I want it? You know, what if I need it? Sure. Live you know, sports.
1: As soon as here's the thing. It's it's live as soon sports. as Hulu
2: actually has live sports.
1: Yeah. As soon as, I mean, as as soon as live sports are no longer tied to these billion dollar deals on yeah, right. Turner and uh ESPN and all these things. Then like when Disney Plus just takes ESPN and puts it fully online, live streaming, then that's that's the end. That's the end that's of it. it. It's it's not going to not going to go on past that because that's the only reason that anybody under the age of 50 is paying for cable, most likely is for sports. So
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh Drew Gooden and is a YouTuber. He did a really good video about this, about his own experience paying for cable while he, like during the football season. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he did a whole breakdown of his bill and how like there were so many hidden fees. And it's, it was just, it was just nuts. Yeah. Uh, And he like, he watched a bunch of the shows that are on TV now. And he's like, this is, it's all the same show. Yeah. The masked singer, the masked dancer, the inverse where you can see the person, but you can't hear them. Um, you can't hear the person, but you, you can hear the person, but you can't see them. It's all these different. It's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's all the same. So, it's no, there's so nothing strange. new. No, there's nothing new on we've, television. We've done it
1: all. We we and hit happy days, and then it was just all downhill.
2: It's because it's because everyone's afraid to do new things because they know what's worked in the past, and if they do yeah. new things, people are going to be upset.
1: I think I think we just have to leave. <laughs> I just think we have to leave broadcast television behind. And also, we have to leave internet television behind.
2: Oh, and also, we should leave everything behind. Benedict Option, baby!
1: No, it's not what the Benedict
2: Option is about. As we just Pretty sure about that's what it's about. Week. It's, it's not an option. I I said speaking that I speaking of it.
1: the Benedict Option, have you seen how pop in our Facebook group is lately?
2: Speaking of the Benedict Option, get on our Facebook group. I'm so, <laughs> such hypocrites. <laughs> Why does that make you, us hypocritical? Go, download Newsfeed Eradicator for your Chrome. For a, it's a Chrome extension, and then go join our Facebook group so that you only get notifications from our Facebook group, mm-hmm. and then set it up so you only get notifications from our Facebook group. That's what I do. And whenever I get a, a little red bubble in my notifications bar, I know it's from the Facebook group. And I only yes. get like one notification every three days. Well, Except but recently I've been getting, I've been getting like three notifications been, a day.
1: It's been booming. Did you yeah. see? We're, we've got, we've got people making jokes. We've got people, people photoshopping memes up there. Photoshopping babies. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We got people photoshopping jokes onto babies. People photoshopping babies onto jokes. Onto jokes. jokes. <laughs> people making jokes about babies. People. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, was kind of d- around, but... <laughs> I was gonna switch that around, but I was gonna switch that around, but then it was gonna sound like people, making, say people babies? making babies. <laughs> That's not there. I don't know. No. Maybe there's a, maybe there's there is families on on our. There's Crunch. married couples on there. Yeah, they can make babies if they want. That's up to them. Put your
1: kids on the Crunch Facebook page. Yeah. Not like don't put pictures on them. Just like add them. Add yeah,
2: just, just make a make a Facebook account for your baby, and then put in their bio "managed by parents" because that's what you have yes. to do on Twitter. And yeah. then put them in uh, put them in the Facebook page. Yeah, don't I'm just that. having a lot of fun. I'm having <laughs> a
1: lot of fun talking to the talking to the people, getting into some good discussions, some good convos.
2: Yeah, and we got to keep mentioning it on the pod because then people will forget about it and they won't do it.
1: I know, but now everyone's in. And then it's also up to us to actually start conversations. That's true. We got to like. The post. reason that it's been so big is because I think we, we posted.
2: <laughs> yeah, is that so?
1: And then we don't post and nobody, nobody says anything because they forget anything. about us.
2: They're yeah. like, what's going on? Because everybody got so many things in their Facebook feed, but here's what you do unfollow everyone. Newsfeed Eradicator, yes. it's great.
1: All right. Oh, man. Are you uh, you doing all right? How's your life? Is everything okay?
2: Yeah, my life's pretty good. I got a lot. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we can still we can still do opening banter stuff, but
1: oh, absolutely, there's still time.
2: Do you want to know one of the nerdiest things I ever did this week? <laughs> I did <laughs> one of the nerdiest <laughs> things ever, <laughs>
1: ever this week. I did yeah, it's ever. one of
2: the nerdiest things I've ever done, but I also did it this week. I joined a Discord for people who talk in who talk to each other in Latin and ancient Greek.
1: Patrick,
2: yeah. Isn't that awesome?
1: <laughs> I suppose so. Do you have it's a different awesome. keyboard?
2: <laughs> no, I have there's like a, a there's an internet keyboard. Okay, there's so many different characters in Greek though because for vowels the there's no H in ancient Greek uh, and they but they they create the H huh sound with an apo- a backwards apostrophe in front of vowels and there's also huh. accent marks. Um, hmm. So when a word starts with a vowel, you have to mark whether it starts with a H huh or just a regular br- a soft breathing or a hard breathing. And so you have to mark that and. That that can determine the difference between two different words. It's hmm. it's really confusing, and then you also have to add an accent marks, and so that that's very difficult. Some people don't use accent marks when they type, which is very confusing. But most people do, and it was a, it was originally just a Latin Discord because there's far there's far more people that speak Latin to each other than ancient Greek. Um,
1: that's so weird.
2: Because there's so many different there's so many there's three different ways to pronounce pronunciation in ancient Greek, and they all all three different camps hate each other so um (laughs) there's a controversy going on about whether to pronounce it the way people do in the seminary or the way people did in the you know in the in the middle ages when people were like parsing greek out and then Mm -hmm. the way people actually pronounced it in greece
1: which which camp are you a part of
2: I have no opinion. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing things correctly. But tomorrow morning, I'm going to be joining a reading group where we read a book in ancient Greek and then we discuss it in Greek. And if you don't know a word, you're supposed to ask, how do I say, what does this mean in Greek? uh, It's like, t semane, and then you say the word. Like, what does this mean? What means this? And then they'll try to explain the word to you using Greek words.
1: In this Discord, you mean, or in the book? club in the book club. the book club it's a voice the book club is in it's the discord
2: channel. yes the discord has a voice channel and we're gonna go to a book club okay
1: what yeah. i need you to do is okay. remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about that scene from drake and josh i need you to memorize yeah. that <laughs> and when somebody asks you what a greek word means you need to say that with such confidence <laughs> So that all the Greek people in that group are going to be like, this guy knows Greek. I've never even heard some of these. This ones. guy knows Greek. This guy knows Greek right now. And that's.
2: This guy just married this entire discord. Yes. What? That's what that's what happens in Drake and Josh. He says the Kudatai oh, thing marries. when the sun ha- is in the house of Carvlog.
1: Yes, that's funny.
2: We didn't talk about that, about that on the podcast. We talked about it before the podcast. Oh, really? So everyone's lost.
1: Oh, OK, well, now it's good. Now it's fresh content.
2: Now it's fresh content.
1: Evergreen in the eyes of the Lord.
2: (laughs) Do you want to go? You want to talk about our topic?
1: I would love to talk about our topic. What is it? Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this.
2: <laughs> okay, so a couple of weeks ago, oh. I was going to do a podcast by myself, Whoa. and a bunch of people on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash group slash, slash, group slash the crunch the cast, Um my back is at you, hold up, <laughs> they sent a bunch of questions, Good. and this, this question comes from Jamie, shout out Jamie. Jamie. Uh, y'all have been talking about education theory recently, I don't mm. know if we have been, recently to now, but we were back then. Uh, what do you think the point of a Catholic education is? In other words, why should the church be in the business of schools? Uh, what do you think the point of a Catholic should both parochial and private? I don't know. What is the difference?
1: <laughs> parochial and private?
2: Yeah, I know there's such thing as a, a parochial vicar, which is what Father Anthony I would
1: assume. Is. I would assume that a parochial school is attached to a parish and a private school is not. That would be my guess
2: parochial
1: there's someone who's studying canon law on this podcast right now that is just dying because i'm just getting that so wrong
2: i don't my 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 duck duck go is being very duck duck slow so i i uh i don't i can't get the definition what is duck duck go oh yeah it's of or relating to a church parish great parochial so yeah parochial (laughs) schools are parish schools that's fun to learn. And so a parochial mm. vicar is a vicar attached to a parish. Nice. Okay. That makes sense. Indeed. Uh great. So she asked two questions. What is the point of a parochial education or private Catholic education? Or why should the church be in the business of schools in general? Um, I have I have kind of a, a hot take answer, but I want to oh, get your yes. I want to get your thoughts first. Uh,
1: dang it. I want to start with the hot take. My take is, is pretty medium, pretty lukewarm. Uh, no one ever says Matthew, Mark, or John warm. Interesting.
2: Podcast (laughs) over. I know. I'm sorry. That's a,
1: that's a 2016 tweet. Um, I mean, the Catholic church is in the business of educating people because the Catholic church is in the business of has always been in the business of of generally no no improving we, we, the lives. We don't of we don't
2: do that, Ethan. We hide we hide information from people. We're a we're a visual society. Is standing <laughs> up and dancing around uh, his room We're a visual right society. Now. We only teach people how to, how to clap their hands and and look at pictures of Mary. Yeah, because we, we Patrick's suck, right? shirt is
1: coming off. <laughs> his pants are coming I off. I thought
2: about taking my shirt off as a bitch, <laughs> but I wasn't going to do it. No, we're a, we we hide information from people. That's why we invented universal education, Ethan. That's why we yeah. did that, because we hate knowledge. Go on. All
1: right. All right. So I'm glad that we had that segment, that re- our favorite recurring character, <laughs> Neil Postman, on the podcast. <laughs> um so
2: i hope nobody who reads my fancy pants articles on america listens to the podcast because they're gonna think i am not a serious author
1: i hope that one day america mag publishes my article about fancy pants the flash game
2: (laughs) (laughs) i never i never understood that game i could never get past level one
1: you're kidding all you had to do is jump no
2: i know but like or no there was like it was like level six and after that there was nothing i don't know that that game was very little payoff in my mind
1: yeah, well, there was, this, there was like a first one, and then there was a sequel, and Fancy Pants 2 was the game that slapped.
2: Oh, got it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There might have been a Fancy Pants 3, but I think it was a different company. Anyway, so <laughs> the Catholic Church has always been in the business of educating people because Jesus gave the apostles the authority to preach and teach and govern, and those are kind of the three things that they, that they have to do, is to teach people. Uh, Cause there's no way to like, I mean, that's all over the book of Acts. It's like, what were they doing? Like Philip with the, with the Ethiopian eunuch, mm-hmm. right? The guy comes up, how am I supposed to understand this? Nobody teaches me. And Philip's like, boom, I'm going to teach you. And then I'm going to zap out of here. I'm going to get I'm out of here. I'm going to
2: teleport. Spirit.
1: I'm going to zoom out of this, out of this place. So from the very beginning of the church, that's just what, I mean, I mean, Jesus was a teacher. And so it would be crazy to, and he didn't only teach about. I mean, yes, everything he taught was the gospel, but he also taught people, like, this is how you live fairly. This is how you tithe properly. This is how you uh, share with other people. this is how you live selflessly. This is how you ought to work if you're a slave. This is how you ought to treat your slaves if you own slaves. Like, this was all kind of the context or the content of what Jesus was doing. So picking up that, that yoke and seeing the world incarnationally, the church kind of said, okay, every aspect is an opportunity to make the gospel known all the way from agriculture to business to, you know, private prayer and and theology and sacraments and all these things. Like every aspect of human life is an opportunity for us to introduce the gospel. And then that's how the West was built. (laughs) That's, that's how like the most powerful civilization civilizations that have ever been known kind of came up and are, and are like in the mix you know, because we introduced Christian principles into mm-hmm. everything. Um, and all of a sudden things went from like mm-hmm. bad and pagan to like good. That's how we took over Rome and, and, without
2: killing any Romans. Yes. They killed us. They killed a lot of us. So,
1: so what's the Catholic business in education? It's to continue to achieve justice and charity and prudence and the gospel in every aspect of life if done properly that's a very good point uh, if it's
2: do you want to hear you. my completely the opposite take
1: <laughs> here i figured you're about the to catholic say something church
2: should no longer be in the business of schools i
1: that's, agree
2: so like i my my first answer was like i hate to do a cliche answer but the catholic education is just education um because education is teaching the truth Education yes. is Catholic. yeah, And it's teaching <laughs> the truth and Jesus is truth. And we are in charge of, you know, like making sure that people know Jesus. And so we all truth is Jesus. So like we should. Well, that's kind of pantheism. Jesus is all truth. Uh, not all true things are Jesus. Anyway, sorry. I'm, I'm off the bat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said I, I like how you said Carry business on. of schools, the business of schools, because that's what education is. Um, Well, yeah, that you mentioned that a couple of weeks before a, a few weeks before this, you mentioned that like schools are basically mm-hmm. just businesses now. And so because of this, and I have to be careful uh, because I'm pretty sure this is exactly what got a friend of ours fired from his youth ministry job. <laughs> yeah. Oh really?
1: Was, was, saying, was saying, saying, something saying that like he this? wouldn't,
2: he wouldn't send his kids to Catholic school. Um. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. And he got
1: fired for that? What happened to the I first? Don't know. But
2: also I think, I think this is why we need to have protection for, uh, parish employees unionized unionize employees. baby anyway i don't i w-
1: i would love if the next five years of this podcast became just a way <laughs> for church workers i actually would not mind at all if that's the direction that we ended up going
2: <laughs> first we gotta publish our first manifesto you know everyone everyone who's ever made a manifesto has done good things that's true no one who has ever made a manifesto has done anything bad period right wait no
1: yes you need it you need it's not no you don't need it it's not a manifesto it's a mission (laughs) you gotta you gotta phrase it properly
2: (laughs) a manifesto is just where 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 is where a spanish plane is going right (laughs) that's what you said (laughs) a manifesto (laughs) um i don't think i don't think the church should be involved in education because of the way we view education not because the catholic church is um is bad or wrong but it's because of the way that we Mm -hmm. view education as a church as a as a as a church like in reality not in in theory the catholic Mm -hmm. church in the proper sense views education as like a holistic formation of the person right but the catholic church currently uh views catholic education as a business and sometimes unlike unlike the on the macro level on the micro level it's an idol it's such an Mm -hmm. idol like people will will worship at the altar of the parish school they absolutely will yeah And it's like i mean (laughs) we have this parish i know we have we have people that this parish that i work at we have people that um are like putting together this guy. This guy like lives in. Um, maybe I shouldn't say that. Uh, in at Holy Spirit, we had to close the parish school, and there were people who right. were like livid that we would even dream about mm-hmm. doing that. And we did everything we could mm-hmm. to make sure that didn't happen. Yeah. But they were like, "You were always gonna close the school because you hate the school." And it's like, the kids. <laughs> The kids need need to go to the school. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, uh, I had in my high school youth ministry, I had three out of my 30 kids went to the parish school. Now, that's not fair because the ratio is a lot different. So it's like, so like. A lot they more postal kids. School than there kids are, are kids that went kids. to our one Catholic school, but yes, they all knew that they had a high school youth ministry. So, like after eighth graders, why weren't there any eighth graders going to high school youth ministry? You know, it's like it's like, I mean, we had the same problem when I at my home parish in Florida. It's like the kids that went to the school didn't go to the youth ministry. They didn't even go to like Edge. You know, mm-hmm. um. And they would lose their faith, and so it's like, how? Why is why is the school not being run like a youth ministry in the sense that the first priority is their faith, and the second priority is fun and games, uh, or the second priority is education, qua education? Um, yeah, it's just I I don't I don't think um, I think the the Catholic school views itself in the same way a public school does, which is just a utilitarian, you know learn what you need to learn to get a really good education after you go after you go here so that you can get a really good job after you go there you know it's like that's the that's the goal especially in some of these more affluent catholic schools you see like they they, these are prep schools Mm. they want to go to ivy league they want to go to ivy league schools and like those those schools want to put like we have this many kids going to harvard yale and whatever um let me
1: let me blast back to some postman because I do think as much as we've been clowning on him I do think that that book applies here and it would be interesting if I could have every director of you know not maybe not religious education but like every catholic every person in charge of a catholic school listen to that book so that they could mm-hmm. they could get ahead of what's happening I would be like, I would want to have that conversation with those people cuz education as we see it and as we understand it used to like, we're talking about when the church founded universities that used to be something that was for like, you were in your twenties, you know, you would go to a university um, yeah. in thirties and forties, much like it is now. Uh, but that was the only school like there was no primary or grammar school or maybe there might've been like a rhetoric school or something where you were that maybe you went to. But, like, not very many people went because when you're a kid when this is in the the thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth centuries, oh okay. yeah, so uh, late middle ages um, but you had to work, you know, like there was there's kids didn't go to school because they had to, <laughs> they had to do the, they had to do the job they had to they had to help out with the family they to, business
2: they had to milk the corn and shuck the pigs
1: the the reason that schools
2: Stupid joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the reason that school exists the way that it does today is because there was this big swing from, you know, 10 year olds working in coal mines and factories to, okay, now we got to get the kids out of the coal mines and the factories, which we do. Oh, we should educate them. Cool, 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 cool. So let's create a very similar style of building and a very similar style of <laughs> operating and just put all the kids from the factory into the school system. And it uh, and that's just kind of like, in, at least in all of the industrialized Western nations, that's just kind of what happened uh, in the late 1800s was we got a lot of kids dying in factories. We got we to shut that down. <laughs> we got we to shut <laughs> we, that you
2: know, down. We got to fix that. <laughs> <gotta> fix that.
1: <laughs> but kind of along with what we're saying about how childhood is disappearing with television and then now with the internet and the fact that every kid has a smartphone, there's nothing, literally nothing that is not accessible to children everything is accessible yeah. to children and so that's bad kind of the, yeah so kind of the whole need for education in the way that we understand it is kind of going away because you have kids behaving and acting and thinking like adults but in reality i mean they don't have the the literacy or the I guess it's yeah. It's fully the, formed
2: brain. The, well, not
1: not the fully formed brain, but just fully formed. I guess intellect more so than fully formed brain. In order to mm-hmm. truly behave as a as a as a productive member of a of a current Western society, the the way that the foundation is laid is such that you have read and understand the fundamentals of of the West. You know, like which is which is not anything that anybody has ever said out loud <laughs> to anyone but you, yeah but it just objectively you will do better if you've been versed in the things of the west and you will not do as well if you are not versed in these things but that's all starting to kind of dissipate with the internet and so the reason I'm saying all this is because Catholic schools can kind of see this and start to anticipate the fact that structural educational systems for kids between the ages of seven and 17 is just going to become less and less and less effective. And we're already seeing it become less and less and less effective because you just hear, and you, you work with these high school kids, like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of what's going on in their schools and you know, the things that they care about and yeah, they're in school, but all of their real learning is coming from their phones and they're just, they, all of them kind of understand and know I just have to get through this so that I can go to college and everyone in college after working with college students for three years, everyone in college is, yeah, I'm not really here to learn. I'm just here to pass so that I can get into a job and students are becoming more self. That was kind of how it always was, but students are becoming more aware of that fact. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's going to have to be a shift it won't happen in the public schools, but I think it could happen in the private schools if everybody kind of wised up to kind of face that, but I don't know what that would look like. Does that make sense?
2: yeah i mean there was a there was this book I read this Russian couple got married, and they were like. I bet we could make geniuses. And so this guy was like, I want to make Jesus. Will you make Jesus with me? And they made geniuses. They were like, okay, we're going to make, we're going to make these kids and we're going to turn them into these superstars. And they ended up making them like these chess superstars. All three of them went on to become like chess grandmasters. in a time when women playing chess was not a uh, widely accepted thing. Kind of like Queen's f- Gambit.
1: And then they froze them in this hidden uh, <laughs> place. And then Iron Man and Captain America discovered all of them, but yeah. they, but they were all already dead. Yeah, because yep. because of the uh, of the the Winter Soldier.
2: No, because of Baron von Zemo. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, the Winter Soldier didn't shoot him all. No, he didn't. He he was he wasn't the Winter Soldier then. He was he was Bucky. He was back to Bucky. hashtag Back, back to Bucky. hashtag Back to Bucky. Carry on. Uh, so yeah, this this guy the the uh, when he did this interview about how he did it that's the thing he wasn't like you you have this picture in your mind of like this angry father going you will practice chess you know like very angrily like you would be the best and this kid with like scars you know like (laughs) nineteen eighty-seven. you know like just like twitching at night Mm -hmm. because they're just they're just trying to they're they're doing the kasparov gambit i don't know in their head that's not a thing just throw (laughs) just
1: throw all the chess words together that you know please
2: uh but no they they the uh, the reality of it was a lot different. He would They would they would let them play chess. They would say, now you can go play chess. Like Now you can go play. Or would you like to play a game? And they would do it, and they would have fun with dad. They would have fun with mom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they would learn to play chess. And when they got distracted and got up and walked away, they would let them. And they would say, hey, would you like to come back and play again? And they'd say, no. Or, yeah, sure. And it's like, there's a lot of eight, the kid, the kid is given agency Whoa. and he, they can choose mm. to, they can choose to do the right thing. You know, it's like, well, it's really not the right thing, you know, cause it's like if the kid doesn't want to play chess, the kid doesn't want to play chess, it's fine. Yeah. The education is a little different. He has to learn how to do math, but if you make it something that he gets to do, you know, if you make it something that she gets to do, not something he has to do. So I think that was, that was one of the problems that Sean had in school. I think it was just the pressure, the mm-hmm. actual pressure. Of I have to do my homework, or I will fail, and I will not get into college. Is like yeah. existential dread. Yes. In these high schoolers, I mean, my my teenagers have generalized anxiety because they're freaked out about their keystone tests. Because they don't pass their keystone test, they don't pass the you could you could get all A's, fail a keystone test, and you don't go on to the next grade.
1: When I was in college, I passed my Keystone test. I passed my Bush test. I passed my Miller
2: test. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that Keystone was a beer. It is. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a, it's a standardized test in Pennsylvania. But yeah, if you don't pass them, you don't get to move on to the next grade. And That's it's like, crazy. I know. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> and so there's this like, and hmm. they're not, they're not equipped. Not all kids are equipped to handle this kind of stress, especially because we've, we've given them magical devices that allow their brains to shut off and not deal with problems. Mm-hmm. Um and so like all of these things have come together to make education just a chore. And it's not something yeah. that people are actually excited to to do. What's I love learning.
1: I love learning too. I I was about to say something super stupid. <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. What's the harm in just not educating some people? <laughs> <laughs> And I understand um, there's probably lots of ramifications the to the
2: 2016 that. presidential election. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But the that, whole thing, but but but, but
1: but 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 all those people that voted in the 2016 2020 election still went to school. Everybody went it's to true. elementary school, it's middle true. school, high school, pro- college, graduate. The school. difference would probably
2: be one percent of the electorate versus two percent of the electorate voting for Harambe. Yes, I and
1: because I don't think that. An educated person. Like I've met plenty of really smart people who have just not, are just not book learning people. And like we were talking about before, right? The fact that everybody has to be a book learning person is a Protestant idea. Mm -hmm. Like it would actually be more Catholic in a more Catholic approach to education to understand the kind of learning that a child needs and adapt to it which is why I think kind of the rise in Catholic and classical schools is like happening right now. Mm-hmm. I met a guy who's uh, an electrician apprentice right now. And he moved to Oklahoma city to be with his girlfriend or they're engaged now, which is great. But he moved to Oklahoma city to be, be together, but she's going to college. And he's like, yeah, she's just way smarter than me with that stuff. But like he, he was not a dumb person, you know, like I was, when I was talking to him and, and he you know, struggled in high school and he's from a super small town. So like he struggled and it probably wasn't that great of a, of a system that he was coming out of, but he's making a great job doing this electrician thing. He understands life. He's committed to his fiance. Like he wants to raise a good family and it just kind of makes you think like, Hmm, all the things that we think are super necessary and super important are like not, which I'm sure just is like, is contradicting what I said earlier about how we need to have read the things about the West in order to be productive members of the West, but there's got to be some kind of middle ground there where you can impart the teachings of culture and society to someone without making them take a test on it. You know, like there has to, there's got to be another way, you know, did Aquinas ever take a test? (laughs) Did he ever? (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) So I just, um, they did, they did oral exams where the teacher was conversation. And you know, you know the first time I ever took an oral exam you know what happened what would you happen I walked into the oral exam and the teacher was like yeah based on your uh based on what you've produced in class I don't think we need to have this conversation what's your favorite who's your favorite theologian and we talked about Bonaventure for thirty minutes that's amazing it's up to the, te- the it, it's it's the educator's discretion as opposed to putting everyone against this objective and now like there's problems with subjective analysis mm-hmm. and I'm sure teachers do have semi objective rubrics for oral exams but Oral exams are, like, the standard at Oxford. Why do they do that for, like,
1: like doctorates, but they don't do that for anything else? I understand. I don't know, because you can't do... You know what's
2: weird is they don't teach you how to do it. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they... (laughs) In some, some, you used to have to, like, give your doctoral dissertation in Latin. You used to have to, like, write it and defend it in Latin. Yeah.
1: I understand for math why you might need to do a written test. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Get it. Totally. Chemistry, physics, all those things, I understand. the, But but at the same time,
2: <sighs> organizing your thoughts when you talk, it will translate to writing. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are very bad at writing. Mm-hmm. And I think it may be because we didn't teach them how to talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Hmm. So I think what's the business of Catholic schools? Or like what's the business of Catholic? It's to actually be human is what I think mm. the answer is is to actually respond to the needs of humanity when it comes to learning and growing and understanding that there might be some kids who like there if there's some some young ladies who all they want to do is paint and draw like just just go go paint and draw with them you know like if there's some young boys that all they want to do is play outside or learn how to f- fix stuff go do that with them right like mm-hmm. it's it's not necessary that everybody has to learn everything about everything <laughs> and and if you let them and, we should, yeah. and if you let them do those things and it's like okay they they get all of that out and maybe they spend 6 hours out of an 8-hour day drawing or painting or fixing things or spending time outside or kicking mud and whatever then when you actually call them in and say we're going to we're going to talk about this thing how much more receptive are they going to be Maybe maybe they won't be. Maybe that's a, maybe that's all just us.
2: Man, I don't have kids. So I, don't I don't have know.
1: kids. Maybe it's just all a scam. Maybe what I, what I just made up was a was a dumb idea, and everybody's getting mad at me. But I mean, lots of homeschooling parents do this, and it, it's you know as long as you get your work done, you can go do whatever you want the rest of the day. I had a friend who all he did was want to work on motorcycles, and so he would get done his schoolwork in the as quick as he could, and then would go out and work on his motorcycle. But his siblings, they didn't they they stretched it out they worked all day mm-hmm. it's just kind of up to you and that's yeah. i think that and they, they're all beautifully well adjusted people so i just mm-hmm. I, I can't fathom that there's anything that the catholic church can do other than just help people be who god created them to be instead of making them be an american school child <laughs>
2: <laughs> um this is good we have 7 minutes to do dr ethan zatingo oh no
1: you ready? I am ready. Oh, just, I know it hurts. I'm oh, sorry. Not, your I, 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 I... All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs>
2: welcome to dr ethan's dating corner sponsored by catholic match you can go create your own free profile on catholicmatchcom slash the crunch go follow at catholic match on instagram i'm just descending and it's not a very good podcasting voice go to catholic match on instagram uh ethan dating for two months okay should i continue if i'm not attracted to him <laughs> hold on hold on hold on <laughs> what are these questions hold on okay i've been dating their goal is what they are their goal i've been dating a guy for two months we're both in our 20s he left seminary about two years ago and is having visa issues staying in the country Mm. Ooh. he told (laughs) me this on our third date uh he (laughs) don't don't if he if he asks you to marry him just double double yeah just if he Uh, asks
1: you for your bank number
2: (laughs) yeah He's like, is he a Nigerian prince? Did you meet him over email? (laughs) He told me this on our third date. He said, it's up to me where our relationship goes from here because he wants to pursue me. Uh. Cool. Cool. Fine. Uh, Seminary, okay. Left seminary. I know. Right. I understand. He's been in the dating pool for two years. Yeah. I like spending time with him, but when I sit and pray alone, or when I'm away from him, I don't want to be near. I don't crave to be near him or with him like I have with like I have had with other crushes. Uh, this is my first relationship. He stresses me out sometimes with his disorganization. He isn't understanding how seriously I take my college degree, and I already have a busy lifestyle, and I'm fitting in seeing him before college classes, after work, studying, and other extracurricular commitments, etc. He sometimes jokes about the boundaries I make with him to pursue chastity. Interesting. I really desire to take virtue seriously, but I don't know if I see that he, I don't know if I see that he does it in his own life. I know that I've been sometimes scrupulous about relationships slash male and female boundaries in the past, uh, PTSD from being a missionary. (laughs) And though, I don't know what that means. Although I feel like, and I feel like although he shares similar morals and values with me, we don't seem compatible in terms of basic interests and hobbies, passions, desires, etc. Should I communicate how I feel about this and continue the relationship or break up with him? Part of me wants to lead him to lead in this relationship, but another part of me knows I'm not fully attracted to this guy beyond his physical looks. Uh, please help Sensei Ethan and Rabbi Patrick.
1: Those are two different cultures that she just <laughs> put on us. I know. It's the the Kung Fu and the Jewish uh, traditions. Kung-Ju? Kung Jew? <laughs> Kung
2: I don't know if kung fu is Japanese. Uh
1: kung fu is I think a, just a general term for Asian martial arts.
2: That you mean that white people use?
1: Yes. Everything everything I say has an aspect to it. I don't want to base
2: it on this, but Kung Fu Panda was set in China.
1: <laughs> it, it was.
2: I don't want to base it on that. I don't want to base my understanding of a martial art and a culture on Kung Fu Panda. Uh but Jack Black did his research, okay?
1: Yeah, as he always does. I just want to say Every sentence that I say has a little asterisk at the end that says, at the bottom it says, as is understood by white people. There's no, there's, <laughs> I, I don't pretend to know anything other than that. Kung um, Fu is Chinese. I just, let me, see, well, okay, I'm sorry I said Kung Fu. I know that sensei is a Japanese word, all right? <laughs> is that what we're going to focus on in this Dr. to be. My-
2: we need to be precise.
1: We do need to be precise. You know, who else, you know who else needs to be precise? Question asker needs to be precise. Precisely needs to break up with this fool is what she needs to do. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm... What's her name? Abby? Sure. Her name's going to be Abby. Um, Abby. <sighs> Sweetheart. This is... I don't understand i i feel like as you're writing this you are trying to convince yourself why you need to break up with. it sounds like, like you want what, us
2: to it sounds like you want us to tell it, you to break up with him like see here's yeah, all the things which, that i hate about him but he's kind of hot like that's what you said you're like i'm not attracted to him beyond his physical looks that's how she ended the
1: right and i have two questions for him i mean how hot
2: how is hot it? is he? like like i mean how hot is from, he, but, on a scale on. on a scale of me to chris hemsworth That's too small of a scale on a scale of, uh,
1: yeah, I, you don't have to discern something that, you know, is true. (laughs) Like, that's just a, this is a very basic thing about discernment. It's like, if you know, then you, what's there to discern, you know? And I don't think you need to worry about scrupulosity because if you worry about scrupulosity, then you're just going to exacerbate that problem. (laughs) So even by introducing it of like, oh, what if I'm being scrupulous? It's just not even, not even worth it. You, it seems like you know what you want to do, which is to break up with this guy.
2: Yeah,
1: I. It's let's just go through the list. Uh, doesn't understand your degree. Makes fun of your boundaries with regards to chastity. Uh, you guys don't get along. He stresses you, you out. You
2: don't want to be with him when you're not with you him. Do, <laughs> yeah, you
1: don't want to be together. Um, you like they like be together.
2: But she doesn't like it when she's not with it.
1: Right. Well, I mean, that's how it is with a lot of people. Like, I enjoy my time on the podcast with you. But when I'm away, I'm not thinking <laughs> just like, oh, if only, if I, only was I was with on the pod. I, I
2: crave Patrick. <laughs> I crave Patrick. Like the cereal crave with a K. Crave. Crave with gross. a K. Did you ever have that?
1: I did. And I thought it was pretty good, uh, I actually, did not crave so. it.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: You got to find a new craving.
2: Mm-hmm. The crunch.
1: Yes. Well, she, clearly she's craving the crunch. She does listen, she is. so. Yeah. Uh, Abby, well, there's the other side, too, which is just because you don't crave to be around someone yeah, all the that time. that
2: doesn't necessarily mean you should break up with someone.
1: It does not mean... Let's just go through the punch list here of, of things in my relationship. Emma is, one, stressed out about how organized I am. Two, or rather disorganized, disorganized yeah. I am. Two... I'm pretty sure she does crave to be with me often, but that's, I mean, that's just kind of what it's like to be about to be. married.
2: No, I mean, mean, Phoebe and I have been married for a year and we're not sick of each other. We still want to be with each other when we're not. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. Well, that's just a beautiful marriage that you guys have. We do indeed.
2: Good. There's a round of applause for Patrick. Thank you. Thank you. you. We have a good marriage. I highly recommend it, but I think you can have it because it's my marriage.
1: Uh, I don't really have much else that relates between me and him in this relationship. Yeah,
2: so. I'm sorry. I think you got to break up with them. Hey, it's only uh, two months. It's him. only two months. You're in your 20s. You, can, what you, you got do, this. You
1: could say... Oh, also the fact that he's not leading in the relationship. That's a big RF for me. Yeah, RF stands for red flag. Uh, not radio frequency uh-huh. as it does in electrical <laughs> engineering circles. Um, yeah, so you got to break up with them.
2: And, you know...
1: I just don't think this is working.
2: Screw scrupulosity isn't good but boundaries are great (laughs) and like yeah
1: you can you know what's going to make you really scrupulous is if this guy pressures you into breaking your boundaries of chastity
2: yeah (laughs) yeah which is what it
1: seems like he wants to do
2: yeah we don't we don't we don't stand that we we hate that when that happens that happens far too often catholic guys cut it out cut it out stop watching porn stop it it's bad for you cut it out i don't care if you went to seminary what's that i'm like the eighth guy who's told you that this week well guess what now you really gotta do it It... (laughs) you really gotta stop watching it okay uh yeah the scrupulosity about boundaries is like a thing it's like we've we obviously dealt with this last week i know kissing and hugging is against the rules you know like we dealt with that last week scrupulosity about boundaries but having a boundary i don't feel comfortable hugging and kissing this person yet is fine
1: it's a regular boundary. Just the boundary.
2: problem is when you break that boundary, that boundary, and you feel like you've sinned mortally. That's a problem. That's scrupulosity. That's a problem. You, someone yeah. else can't make you feel scrupulous, right? Like, like having boundaries doesn't make you scrupulous. It, when someone transgresses those boundaries and you feel like you have sinned, that's scrupulosity. You got to figure out a way to deal with that. That's something you can work out. But like you can't, scrupulosity is when you feel unredeemed despite the fact that you've been redeemed by Christ. The last episode of The Chosen, season two, episode six, was great. It was about it was don't about this. Me. No spoilers. Don't. Um don't, so like, don't spoil the gospels. Don't worry about <laughs> this this scene was not actually in the gospels, but Oh They have a lot of stuff. It's gonna be a seven season show. They don't have there's a lot that's not in there. Uh, all right. Anyway, yeah, I think I think um I think you should probably cut the cord on this i mean it's like if you're if you're seeing this many red flags two months in and if uh, it depends
1: here's the general the, general piece yeah. of advice if you're writing into a podcast it's time to let it go <laughs> how
2: how how did you feel when we said you should break up with them did you feel relieved great break up with them
1: yeah that'd be that's it that's the did you feel thing. a weight come off your shoulder we,
2: great break up with them did you feel a sense of like yep. oh no i really don't like oh no like that's not what i wanted to hear then talk to him about it see if he'll see if see if yeah. you guys can work this out Two months isn't a long time. He left seminary two years ago. He thought he wasn't. He thought he was going to have to deal with this. Okay, until two years ago. So he's got. He's got to figure. He might have to figure himself out.
1: Huh. I just discovered that I have a bit of dried jelly in my mustache. That's it's like, real just gross. Like a little bonus. Little bonus. All snack right, time my, to end this podcast. It's the end of the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, go delicious. to go to patreon.com uh, for the Bible cast that's coming this summer. Oh wait, it is summer. Oh, there's
1: some on the other side. <laughs>
2: You had just a gigantic PB and J. That's what you had. Uh-huh. Uh, g- join us for the for the for the Bible cast coming this summer. Oh wait, it is. It's the middle of summer right now. Oh well, summer's not over yet. Hey, 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 summer's not over yet, baby. Listen,
1: after after Ethan goes on his engaged and Connor retreat this weekend,
2: free and clear, baby. Then then you'll then, see. Then, then you'll know. You'll all see. Then you've got a wedding to go to <laughs> to do. It's, it's, it's yours. Uh <laughs> I have to get fitted for that. suit anyway, uh yeah, go to Patreon.com slash the crunch. Patreon.com slash the crunch to uh they have my measurements from my wedding. Just use them. Just call them
1: up. You're like, hey, can you repeat you can control C control? We don't need B, to talk about this right now.
2: <laughs> go to uh, five dollars a roll get you access to the bonus the bonus uh crunch Biblecast. Fi- uh, Bible cast. Uh support us there. That's the best way to keep this show on the on the RFs, the radio frequencies go to patreon or go to facebook.com slash group slash the crunch the crunch cast to be a part of our group ethan uh wait that's me
1: (laughs) patrick do you have anything else for the people
2: the thing that i learned from the whole harambe incident 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 is that uh apparently every zoo with a gorilla also has a gorilla gun (laughs) just in case and they and they sign. They tell a guy. They tell a guy on his on his job description. By the way, you may have to shoot a fully grown gorilla. What I are you? Oh, so never mind. I have a whole bit about this. I'm I'm, pr- I'm getting back into stand up. <laughs> Quarantine's over. Uh huh. Yep.
1: <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. We'll see you all next week.